Hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm Corey. I'm Laura. My name is Desmond. I'm Sam. And this is Nickel for Your Thoughts. And today's nickel is for our thoughts on church hospitality. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Sam. And today we are doing a side B episode, which is the serious side. And the topic that uh, we're going to be talking about is church community and hospitality. And this is something that I've been thinking about a little bit. I, I love the picture that God uses in the Bible, this picture of adoption to, to show us what it looks like to enter his kingdom. Uh, those who are far are now brought near. Uh, there's these there's this language of sons and daughters. We're heirs, co-heirs. Uh, we call God Abba Father. And it's a very it's a very family oriented language. And I love that picture. But a lot of the time our experiences with churches and Christians is actually so far from family. I don't know about you guys. Uh that it feels like we know one thing to be true, but our experience is actually separate. Uh, I've actually heard it put that we're more like cousins a couple of times removed, that we that we only really see at major family gatherings or holidays. And it's hard not to feel like a social club when at best we see each other maybe on Sundays and maybe, maybe on a Wednesday night as well with a how's it going over a cup of coffee, making up most of the conversation. And at worst, we don't even know the person's name, but we recognize their faces. And so I feel like our experience of, of church and Christian community is so far often um, removed from this, what we hope would be our experience of family. And I think it ends up in the long run having a ripple effect where the world and the people around us uh, see a bunch of people who don't actually love each other as we're invited to, let alone loving them and loving our community. And so I I wanted to get to know your guys' thoughts. When we think about church community and hospitality, what are your guys' thoughts? The idea that Christian community is supposed to be a place of welcome and hospitality where people are seen and loved as they are, that's, that's kind of like this beautiful picture of the ideal. I want to ask you guys, what's been your experience of that? Has that actually been your experience uh, with church and community? Or has it left you disappointed at times? I would say I've been overall quite disappointed at times with, uh, and I'll specify like church community. And I have to be careful though, because, uh, and this is something I think Power to Change alumni can get into. We can critique the the church because we're used to a very particular kind of Christian community uh, being part of the student body, which is really not a realistic experience of life, let alone authentic community more specifically. Um, probably for a bunch of reasons that we don't need to get into, like main ones being everyone's the same age. We're all young, have lots of energy. We've self-selected to be in this community. And so it's it's kind of cleaner, I think. Like, you know, I don't have to deal with age gaps and significant culture gaps in that sense. And so there's a little bit of a, some issues there, I think. And so my experience with the church coming out of the what I would consider a really uh, great, strong, spiritual greenhouse community at uh, McMaster Power to Change in my undergrad has just sort of been messy. And I think one of the reasons why is because I've just, I was never, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up uh, knowing how to connect with people of different ages and backgrounds and all that stuff. 
Um, but another thing that I think I'm affected by is our church or is our uh, Western kind of consumeristic sort of culture. So it's really easy for me to get into a consumer mindset when I think of church and I'm, I'm looking to get something out of it rather than thinking more of how, like, how can I integrate here, live through difficulty and, and invest. And I, I think there's a balance to be had because maybe some churches are not for you and not the best place for you to be. And so there's a conversation to be had about picking a, a, a good church for you. But I think we can also be a little bit too picky instead of just choosing to love the people around us, even when it's not easy. I'm trying to like map through my brain as I think through my deepest experiences um, of Christian community. I think I'm, as I'm thinking about it, some of them, at times they they happen outside of the church, not just necessarily uh, power to change, but I think there have been spaces in my life where I've lived with Christian roommates. And I think in some ways we've been able to do mm. life together. Um, part of it's like, you know, we're all the same age or around the same age, but we, um, but our relationship is, is life on life a bit more. Um, and even in that space, we're intentional to create spaces for us to grow in our walks with God uh, together. Um, and so the thing that I'm, the one thing that I'm, I'm thinking about, um, as you're thinking about, as I'm thinking about your question, Sam, is just the limits of doing life together in the church. And, and I'm wondering if, if that's like a core part of the longing I have for more. And yeah, and thinking about what does it look like to, to step in church to do more life together. Um, and so I think that's one thing I'm thinking about. But then I'm also thinking about, um, at least in our Western culture, like, um, like even as Corey alluded to, we're not usually set up for multi-generational relationships well, like we're peer-centered relationships. Um, and so sometimes, and if, and when you step into like, like Corey was talking about his experience stepping into a church that's multi-generational, that's, that's hard. But I'm also thinking about like, like how do our families look? Um, if that makes sense, like how, how's that? I think, cause I think family is such a, I'm noticing more and more that pivotal framework or framework of discipleship like one way or another your family <laughs> shapes you um and so i'm wondering how if part of the reason is also like like we're not doing family well and so when we try to figure out a spiritual family there are other dynamics at play that make it harder yeah that's a good point yeah. like maybe maybe the problem is actually upstream and we don't even define family well I feel like for me, like I, I, I came to wrestle th through this a lot because when I went to university, I moved away from my family, like a, not just different city, but different country, different continent. And so I was very much kind of like figuring out people on my own. And I think it was what I was looking for was a new community, was a new family. And what I often found was, um, what I often experienced was a people who had a family elsewhere outside of the church that or a life outside the church that often felt like came at a first priority before church i feel like my experience with church has always been a little <laughs> wonky and weird and a super like unique story uh 
So I am Egyptian. Uh, my parents immigrated to Canada, both Christian in Egypt. And so they came to Canada and their first desire when they got to Canada was to find other Egyptian community, Egyptian Christian community. Um, and so they like firmly planted their roots in a church. Um, and I have been going to that church ever since. I see a lot of pros and cons in it. A lot of like my friends from church are friends that I have known since we were all in diapers together. Like I remember the dates when certain people immigrated to Canada. I remember the dates when certain people's like younger sibling was born. We've always just done life together. So it it did create like this family unit within our church. And I think my church does it too well in that we have a lot of problems with like cliquing and that like people become too tight-knit a group that other people don't find it welcoming enough. And I think we also have like cultural struggle struggles where Arab culture is very honor shame oriented. And so there's a lot of work done to represent your family well. There's a lot of work done to keep face in community. So even if like these people like knew me when I was like dumb, stupid Laura, like, and very young and very immature and, like, very loud and aggressive with her opinions and thoughts that maybe should not have ever been vocalized. Even if they knew me then, I still feel like I can't be known by them or I can't be myself Mm. around them because I have to maintain the image of my last Mm. name or I have to, like, I can't be perceived as weaker in their eyes. Which is like this weird struggle because there shouldn't be any layers, but there are. I feel like in my in my church experience, I always had to strive um, to change myself so that I fit in or can feel like I'm part of the community. I think in when I came to faith in high school in Hong Kong, um, I loved my youth group, but. Um, everyone else went to different high like a lot of the people went to most of the people in my youth group went to two high schools and I did not go to that high school and so I had to make an extra effort to include myself in the groups um, so there was that but I think what I'm real what I really think of is just that moving to Canada and then living in Kingston and then Guelph um, I don't know I feel like I, I'm just going to put it bluntly. They're very white towns and I went to very white churches. And so I feel like I went in and didn't feel like I looked like I belonged. And it's just um, no matter how long I seem to go to those churches, I'm always new. Um, Like I went to the same church, same suburban church in Kingston for four years. And in my last year there, I was still being asked like, oh, are you new here? Um, and so it's this like simultaneous feeling of like sticking out, but still constantly being recognized as new. Um, mm. And same thing in Guelph, it was like anything, any church I went to was always like, oh, are you new here? And it doesn't help that like both um, my husband and I, we don't look like we're, um, he's not fully white, he's half white, but like we look like a interracial couple. And so, um, and both like ethnic minority. Um, so everywhere we went, it was just like, are you new? Are you new? Are you new? And it was also as if like people don't know how to relate to us other than, so like uh, other than our race. <laughs> so like 
the first things that people talked to me about was like, oh, what's your favorite Chinese restaurant in town? Um, do you speak Spanish? Because my husband looks Latino. He's not, but he looks Latino. So it, like, and like people would just come up to us and speak Spanish. Um, so it's hard to feel like I belong. Um, it's hard to feel like this is supposed to be family when, and in order to fit in, I feel like I have to swallow how I feel as well, but also just try and like blend in, I guess. So it always felt like a sense of striving. Like I have to work hard to fit in. I have to try and adapt and change myself so that I blend in to feel like I fit in. And even then, I don't know if I've ever really felt like I belonged um, to a particular church family. I think there's certain people I've encountered from church, um, specific individuals where I felt very seen by and I've gotten to know really well and do feel like family. But as a whole, as like church as a whole, um, I don't think so. Uh, I think I've been greatly disappointed multiple times. Um, yeah, even even in part of change, um, it was hard. It was hard to feel like I fit in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to know, Tiff, what do you remember? Like, obviously, it was an earlier phase of your life, but do you remember uh, what church felt like in Hong Kong before you came over? So that's the weird thing is uh, part of it is I went to English speaking church um, because my mom came to faith through an expat. And so um, there's that. And so I was thinking back, actually, I'm like, I've only ever had white pastors. Um, Hmm. Not that Hong Kong pastors don't exist, not that like Chinese pastors don't exist. Um, I just happen, I get because I went to an expat church. and then I moved to Kingston and then Guelph. Uh, that happened to be the case in the places that I went to. Um, I think there were definitely like moments in uh, while I was in Hong Kong that I felt very seen and very known, but that's because um, around the time that I went, that was when there was like a huge like youth revival and all hmm. of us found like amazing like healing in God in the same, at the same moment, in the same retreat. Um, and it started this like ripple effect. Um, in a lot of our lives and uh, and a lot of us had that shared experience. And so in that larger English speaking youth group community, I felt, you know, seen and known and like shared experience uh, with others and which was really incredible. But I don't know. I don't know. It was it was interesting. It was it's like more event centric, maybe like because we all happened to be there and experience this amazing um shared moment with God almost um that it really bonded us uh and um we supported one another in that way um but I think yeah within my own youth group I think there were definitely like it definitely took effort to blend in because I wasn't initially I think like naturally part of the clique and that's I feel like part of youth group life though Hmm. I'm hearing a lot like in all of our stories, the one thing that can maybe link them together in our experience with church is um, shared experiences and that you bond with the community that's around you. You feel at home with that community when there are shared experiences. So if you're living with Christian roommates or if you go to the same conferences together, or if you've been born and raised in the same church family, that there there's that unifying oh, we've all been through this together. I think that's interesting. One thing I was thinking about also, and 
as we wrestle with like some of the hard experiences in church it's like i think one theme i was thinking about is is, is also um how depending on where your your church is like it's in a particular space and, and time and also in a particular culture and sometimes some of the the struggles of the culture bleed into um your church experience like you mm. were saying um laura like a little bit about some of the challenges of of defining um of just the experience of being in an honor shame culture because i think even about um like i think most of my life being in a, in a caribbean church experience um and i think there's some things that it like the church just does well and like it's automatic and like as you talk to people like that person is like you're like oh that's brother this or that's sister this like it's literally in how you address the person <laughs> right I, they do the same thing in arab culture like i've had so many friends from different cultures question me when they come to visit church with me cuz everyone that is older and a male their uncle and everyone that is older and a female, they are tant, which means aunt. And so my friends would always be like, oh, is that your uncle? I'm like, no, he's not related to me. Not at all. That's just my sign of respect is he's family and he's uncle. Like, that's what that is. Yeah. And it's so innate, right? You're like, oh, of yeah. course this person is like, like, we're not biologically family, but like, there is like, we're related. Like, and that's just how I'm t- like, just, that's just almost like, just the orth, like, just the proxy of your church experience and so that's kind of how you expect it there are some like honor shame dynamics there and so you like you do try to put a wall up or like i think a phrase is like don't talk your family business type of thing and so like mm-hmm. your biological family you're like ah, oh, i can't get too close with these people um, right and be super vulnerable um, about some of the challenges when it's like oh wait like i think maybe in that dy- like like is that true of what my theology says and so it's like these interesting dynamics where where we're not aware like culture bleeds into how we how we think and even like Mm. in some of tiff's struggles here in canada like some of the maybe issues like our wider culture might have bleeding into like oh let me think differently about how i relate to someone that might not be the majority culture like and so i wonder um about that experience as well um affecting how people um how we experience church like how the wider culture around us and some of the struggles it has to really actually glorify god or isn't doing that how that bleeds into uh, the church experience yeah like i even think in a lot of cases um arab culture is known as a very hospitable culture and a lot of times it's like the door is wide open like we don't lock our doors you can always drive over to a friend's house and their mom has like four meals prepared for you and you're going to have a feast together, even if it's on a last minute notice. Um, And there's always that open door policy. And yet the honor shame still exists where I'm like, I know that I can go over to this person's house no matter what emotional state I'm in. But I still feel the need to like, you know, uh, maintain an image in their eyes, like Mm. don't be super vulnerable with my needs. It's almost like you feel like you're a burden emotionally on other people, even though they've made it very apparent that you are not. Hmm. One thing I'm wondering, so at, at a church, at a, 
As a church, we recognize everyone is a family, but at the same time, we recognize that everyone is also different and there are different personality types, people that we click with, people that we don't get along with,、uh, and we all have limited capacity. And so I'm kind of curious how do, you guys, how do you guys balance that? How do you guys balance recognizing that we are invited to love everyone as if they were our family because they are in Christ, but then still recognizing that you have limited capacity and There might be a tendency to choose to hang out and spend time with the people that you naturally get along with.、Um, I feel like for me, I have a floater type personality. I actually don't mind small talk at all. And I think small talk gets too much flack because how are you supposed <laughs> to go deep with someone that you don't even know? Like, you gotta、sure. start somewhere, and small talk allows you to do that. It's like, Write a passage, or you just gotta power through, man. But my problem is, I have trouble taking the next step. So I've always been that person in church environments or communities where I like talk to a very wide range of people, but I actually really struggle to actually build genuine, deeper community. And I always feel like the communities move on without me in that sense.、Mm. But I meet everyone and like have shallow friendships with everyone. I'm not really sure where that fits in、um, in that environment. So, almost a little bit more broad, but not deep. Yeah. So, I've been told like, I'm often one of the first people, like, new people meet and they enjoy meeting me or like they feel welcomed by me, but then they tend to never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like floating onto the next group. I can identify with that a little bit. Uh, what you're saying, Tiff, like kind of floater, you have a good cross, like a good number of people that you like to engage with, but they're not necessarily deep relationships. I think a lot of times I pursue the breadth because I'm like, oh, like I should, I should, this, this should be a place where people are welcome, people are invited in, everyone should be family. And I try to do that with a broad spectrum of people. But one, I mean, not everyone might want that. And two, Um, I don't have capacity to actually sustain that at a, at a broad level. What about for the rest of you guys? Where do you guys feel like you? Is there a way that you find yourself leaning? I think I would rather be deep than wide, if that makes sense. I don't want,、uh, I don't know that I want many things that are like an inch deep and a mile wide, so、mm-hmm. to speak, to use the expression. I think I'd rather have depth over breadth, but I think you, you, you do have to have both. Where exactly the lines are drawn. I think is going to obviously vary person to person. Yeah, my inclination is deep. And I, 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 do, I do struggle, however, with,、uh, with narrowing down to go with the deep. And so, one of the things I guess I'm, in, I'm learning right now is okay, who are the people that I really enjoy and add value to my life and I can add value to their life? And who are the people who, like, nothing's necessarily wrong with them or me or the relationship, but it's just not that. Fulfilling for myself. And so then I have to start asking the question well, what's the appropriate thing to do going forward? And I'm, a- I'm maybe asking this a little bit because I'm about to move as well. Like, who in Guelph,、uh, you know, do I really want to keep in touch with or, or make an effort to keep in touch with?、Uh, and who am I okay with not seeing as much? And then, of course, being, being really agreeable, though, like it's quite difficult for me to, to draw that line and to, if I, I don't. I don't know if I've ever had to have like a DTR conversation with a friend and, and say, like, hey, I just can't see you as much as you want to see me or something like that. But there's been a few people where it's kind of 
you know, I've kind of wondered about that. Like, will I have to have a conversation just to clarify things or will this just sort of naturally become what it maybe needs to be where I only see them or talk to them every so often? So it's really difficult. I definitely don't know where to go from here, but I'm figuring it out. Are any of you guys also like Corey, like narrow, prefer narrow and deep relationships? Yeah, I feel like for me, this is, it's a hard question, partly because I work for Power to Change. Um, I think one of the unique, um, yeah, just parts of our, our jobs is um, in terms of um, support raising or um, like that aspect of our job requires us to like, um, to connect with people and we're sharing something that's like deep in our heart and as to why we want to pursue the mission of God uh, with power to change. And I think that's meant that I've con- uh, I've had just intentional conversations um, with people in my church that I probably wouldn't have um, in some ways, mm-hmm. um, or I've gotten to know them deeper. I think where I struggle with is with is that like that depth, which is good, but it's like, how do I, like, what does that now mean, right? Because, um, like you said, I have limited capacity. And so, like, mm-hmm. like, and so I feel like sometimes that's, like, that's a harder space to navigate. And hmm. and also because, like, because um, normally I, I, file, I finally, I kind of, like, let the, like, certain distinctions, like, um, that are given to me by the, the structure around me kind of shape like people that I give my time to. So I'm like, you're my small group. So like, Hmm. even if it's not easy, like, um, by default, like we're supposed to spend um, a certain amount of time. And I, I feel like in some way, shape or form, I'm, I I feel like I'm supposed to give you a certain, um, just because we're going to do more time together. Like that, mm-hmm. there's ability to work through and to learn more and where like at a Sunday service, I might strategically talk to a few other people in some ways, but knowing that, mm-hmm. yeah, I talk to you this Sunday, I might talk to you like five weeks from now and that's okay. Um, and so I think like sometimes yeah. I let the space dictate it for me, but I feel like because of a job with Empire to Change, it means that in some ways I get to know some people a bit more than I would. And especially at my previous church, like one of the ways they would try to support um, my wife and I, because we're in staff at Power to Change, is like they would like pray for us during offering. And so like sometimes there was like a month where like our mission focus is this person and I'd see my my face and I'd just be like, ah, everybody knows who I am. <laughs> and there's so many assumptions that come with who I am, how I am, that aren't yeah. actually me. <laughs> hmm. I think in many ways I view myself as a multi-tool. You know, the like little like Leatherman in your pocket that can do like multiple things, but isn't actually as good as like a dedicated a a dedicated tool. Yeah. Like a screwdriver that has one job. Yeah. So I view myself as that in that like I'm a social butterfly. I suffer from extreme FOMO just in general. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I bounce around like Tiff was saying in different social groups and in different um, things. I think I'm also in a a point in my life where I have like five really, really, really close friends and I'm happy with the depth of our friendship with those people that I don't necessarily need it from other people. Mm. So everyone else I'm just kind of like, like a free spirit with and just like bounce around like, hey, how are you? What are you doing in your life? Woo! Yeah. I bring the fun where I go. (laughs) 
So I, I recognize that all of us probably have, have like um, parts of us that are drawn to the narrow and deep, but then we also recognize the value as a church family to actually love and be inviting to everyone. What's in your life that you um, try to uh, put in place so that you don't become an inward clique who just hangs out with the three to five people that you're most close with who are just like you, who you get along best with? Um yeah, are there things that you put in your life to try to push yourself to love people that you wouldn't normally love? I feel like this is kind of weird, but um, I really like going into situations where I don't know anyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> even in high school, that's always been the case where like I go to you know interschool competitions or whatnot because I think it's fun to meet a bunch of people who have no idea who I am. I don't mm. like to go with people I know because I feel like boxed in or trapped or something. <laughs> and I just like like talking to people. Um, this is where I'm like, I actually don't mind small talk. I don't know. Maybe I just like hearing the sound of my own voice and new people are too like polite to like stop me from like keep keeping going. I don't know. It's not mm-hmm. <laughs> to tell me to stop talking versus people I know are like, Tiffany, we've heard that story like three times. We don't need to hear it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I feel like I genuinely actually enjoy meeting new people, getting to know people. Like in Guangzhou, I went to the International Student Conversation Cafe, and I just genuinely liked like talking to people. Um, mm. I think that's more of like a personality thing, maybe, and just like actively seeking environments where I can enjoy that. And I guess like I don't know, because mm-hmm. like I think I help bring like people into my church community as well, like because I build friendships with people and. Like incur- and like it adds a face to you know a larger group that can be intimidating as well. Mm-hmm. If if that's more your tendency to, f- are there things that you try to put in place in your life that helps you foster deep friendships with an, a smaller number of people? I think like consistency. Um, I'm known to ghost people sometimes, so like. I every single night I will make sure I look through my WhatsApp and like reply every single person that has messaged mm. me because um, I often ghost people and like I often try to engage with people's actually Instagram stories like ask them about like the specific things that they're doing and it often actually leads to a more genuine conversation later but it's just that mm. a lot of people I meet like we meet each other we have a good conversation and then we add each other on Instagram especially with Mm -hmm. a lot of international students and so um afterwards like as they're posting about their day i'll like ask about like oh like where'd you go to eat that like did you enjoy it or who are you meeting like oh like i don't know just actually learning about them through social media or something that can be quite shallow i found that that's Mm. actually allowed me to build like deeper trust with people because i'm not so great at maybe like taking a conversation deep in person all in one go because I can get distracted or whatnot. And it sounds like that's probably almost the more natural way to do it too, because that's peppered throughout someone's days or weeks, right? Or some people just have described that as creepy. (laughs) 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 I'm just like lurking in people's stories. (laughs) But you know what? Like I, I remember, um, I often remember the feeling of walking into a new space in a new room, new church, new class. And I I remember kind of like the fear and the, should I say something? Should I introduce myself? Is it awkward? And I remember kind of how 
weird that feeling is and how warm and welcoming it is when someone just takes initiative and says mm. like hey uh, like i haven't seen you here before is this your first time here like my name is so and so and i just remember how warm that is and so even at at church now when i see a face i don't remember or i haven't recognized before i'll actually do that and it takes a lot in me to actually do that i have to psych myself out but the thing that kind of pushes me forward is remembering how welcoming that actually leads to feeling no i totally understand you because i feel like i think it's interesting because i feel like my default setting in in a space is that is the setting of an outsider um and so sometimes when i've been at church for a while and people are like oh you know all these people i'm like i do but because like when i'm in in groups i'm like i'm i'm often most the people most loudest to me are the people that aren't talking because i'm like oh i know i feel like i resonate with that person like i might not be talking but it doesn't mean like i don't have much to say or just i might not be that engaged in the topic but it doesn't mean i have nothing else that i'm interested in and so and so after a while i feel like i i do get to notice uh people um and I don't know. I feel like part of the ways I meet new people are just like in the space of that awkwardness. I don't know if you know, like you're talking to someone, but then someone else they know is wanting to talk to them. And somehow like in that mass, like I acknowledge them. And then somehow I found in spaces where like one of like someone came to visit one of my friends at church, but then I end up with and like and like a 20 minute conversation with that person um, about stuff happening in their life. Um, and so I find that I, I meet three people through other people. Mm-hmm. I think over time it's come more naturally. It's like asked us the third question, not just wait for like the one or two questions, but to keep going and just learn about them. Because um, I realize I genuinely enjoy learning about people. Um, and and their story and so i think i think for me it's i realize it might not be the like something i do i think too much about but it's sometimes it's just like if someone else is near someone else that i know and we're talking like actually just talking to trying to talk to that person as well um just because like i think more and more i hate that feeling when when someone brings you into a new group, but they don't in but they don't like you say sam they don't introduce you (laughs) and so now you have to be like it feels you feel work so much harder than when someone yeah. is like, oh, hey, it's just yeah. so much easier. Mm. Well, I feel like this is always something that we always have to keep in balance and intention. I wonder for some of you guys listening, where do you land on this? Are you someone who is preferring to stay in a smaller, tight-knit group that you've known for a long time? Uh, for you, maybe the reflection question is, how do you push yourself to love people who aren't just like you? How do you fight becoming just a clique? How do you welcome the outsider? How do you love people like a family, people who you might not naturally get along with? And then for the others of you who might be natural social socialites, you love meeting new people. Maybe the question for you to reflect on is, what does it look like to actually build deep uh, relationships with a, a, with a number of people? Thanks for tuning into Nickel for Your Thoughts. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to pay you a nickel, but what are your thoughts on church hospitality? What does it look like for you to navigate church as your family? 